This is Generation Green's Wildflower Project, the podcast that starts conversations to create connections on this journey we're all doing called life. Together, we can grow through what we go through and bloom in spite of it all. So let's be like wildflowers and see where the wind blows us. Welcome to Generation Green's Wildflower Project. I'm your host, Sherry Sobe. And today I'm going to sit down with a couple of friends of mine here over at Paradise of Reality at 383 Provence Boulevard in St. Boniface. Um, and I'm sitting here with the owner, Karen Latinsky. Hello. Hi, Sherry. Thanks for having me on and with Maureen. Yeah. And Maureen is also here. Maureen Brower, who is a physiotherapist here as well as a inner well-being counselor. Hi, Maureen. Hi, it's nice to be here. And so Karen is a massage therapist, and this is how I know her personally, because I utilized her services. And she also has a metaphysical psychology background. So maybe, Karen, you want to explain a little bit about you and who you are and what that all means. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, it all started, I guess, uh, way back when, when I first got interested in just health. And that was just, you know, starting kind of with um, fitness and then nutrition, and then I kept kind of going deeper and deeper, and that led me into psychology a little bit, which I kept digging deeper, which led me to metaphysical psychology. So metaphysical, like meta means above and beyond uh, physics, so it can't be measured. It's really more or less the energy world, uh, the psychology of the energy world. And uh, yeah, so anyway, so that led me to start my own, well, I started off with women's wellness, Actually, I did women's wellness workshops in 2006 or something around there. And maybe it's 2007 that I actually launched this business. And and then, yeah, we did lots of workshops, lots of meditation classes and lots of different body work. And then I got into massage therapy, added that into the mix. And that led me really into uh, Egolist, which is my sidebar business, um, which is all about... Uh, kind of recreating your life starting at the level of the mind. Right. So. And that's a that's a whole other thing here that we're going to talk more about for sure. But I'm wondering, so when you started, did you have like a, uh, like a vision for what paradise of reality was? Yeah, I actually stumbled over a lot of my vision boards uh, the other day. I found a bunch of, I kept, I'd always just doodle out <laughs> what my... Uh, I would doodle out uh, how I envisioned the wellness center to look. Um, so yes, of course, lots of meditation, lots of different types of holistic therapies, and just finding different organic ways for people to uh, find, be able to recreate their own health. And uh, that health is very dynamic and always changing so that they could participate in kind of building their best life and their best self. Right. And I had been here for a couple of your uh, workshops too. I know like when we did vision board stuff and you do it a little bit differently than like just cutting out pictures and stuff like that. Yours was really about digging deep and and really figuring out, uh, you know, what you really want and uh, kind of tapping into another kind of um, area. And I think that's probably, I mean, the Eagle Less, was that always there too? Because the Eagle Less is something all on its own here that uh, really I think we really want to focus on because it's growing so much and that is a big passion of yours as well. So I know like with the um, with the the whole workshop stuff that you did, it was all kind of leading 
and and coming from yeah. that as well. Yeah. Well, and it started like when I really started with just like the body work. I kept well, what hitting, is body work? First I like of body work, like even just with massage in general. Oh, okay. It was just too physical. We weren't. I felt like we were just always dealing with the symptom. We weren't getting to the root of anything. Uh, again, we weren't digging deep. We were. We were just always dealing with the result, the end result, uh, and that's what led me deeper and deeper into yeah meditation and inward so uh, I really wanted to uh, be like a uh, just focus on internal medicine, right? And focusing on the chakras. So I did a lot of uh, my own self-study in uh, chakras and uh, shamanism and uh, Taoism and all other different types of philosophies. And that's, yeah, when I realized that, um, yeah, everything, to me, the dead end of healing was the ego mind, which is, you know, our thinker. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now you've expanded because you just recently moved. Like, how long has it been that you've been here? Was it has it been? We moved in August. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so. it's been a few months, and you've settled yeah. in, and mm-hmm. what have you? And you've been able to expand yeah. and add in a physiotherapist, so Maureen. Yeah. And um, so maybe talk a little bit about the the work that you do here because I think that you have an approach to like about you know what is your body saying to you right like physiotherapy is is really. Well, maybe I'll let you explain it from because I'm not an expert in it. I'm going to give you what I think it is. But I'm really interested in how you connected this inner well-being as well. Uh, how do those two go together? Okay. Well, maybe I'll go back a few years, quite a few years. <laughs> when I started uh, uh, with physiotherapy, we, we were v- it's a very hands-on profession all the way along. But when I started, there was no massage therapist. So we all learned massage. So I was very, very much hands-on from the beginning. And I also uh, had the opportunity to work, just the jobs that I got, I moved around quite a bit, um, with people who had very complex problems, people who had uh, amputees, um, people who had stroke, um, uh, many things going on for them at the same time. And then I moved to um, Toronto, and I got a job working in the first publicly funded palliative care unit in Canada. And at that time, there was no home care for uh, people. So they came and lived in the facility until they died. So that was a very unusual situation for a physiotherapist to be working that every one of her patients didn't, not only did they not get better, they didn't survive, right? So when you talked about connection before we started, um, it reminded me that I think that's what I learned most was like, was, and at the time to talk about mind body was like, you know, that was like, out there. <laughs> yeah. But what I observed was the connection between mind, body, and spirit. And I saw things like for some people, being a physiotherapist at this palliative care unit, they saw me as a personifying hope. If a physio is seeing, seeing you, that must mean there's hope for you. For other people, they didn't really care too much about who I was or, or what I did. They may not may have been full of anger or grief or loss and not wanting to engage with me in any way. So I had to learn how to be, not hide behind a title, kind of, and how to connect with people on a, on a one-to-one level. So I learned a lot about my own emotional responses. I learned about how to respect and have kind of compassion for myself as I was going through this, but also to respect and have compassion for the person 
who was going through these emotions and what that meant to them. And also through, it's interesting some of the things you talk about because that made me more curious and interested in like what's going on here and what's happening, what's necessary in order for that person to connect with who they are inside and to and to come through and working with their bodies versus against their bodies. And what I saw and what we were able to do is to for people to realize things that were of meaningful value to them in this remaining lifespan that they had. So it was one of the most, I think, powerful experiences for me as a physiotherapist to learn all of that there and forever influenced my experience when I left there and moved back to Manitoba. So um, <laughs> in some places people would say something like, how do you get people to do things how do you get people to do things? Well, I said, I don't get anybody to do anything. It's to help them to discover what possibilities there are within themselves so that they can be, they can regain what they feel they're missing or they can uh, feel hopeful and, about being able to recover. So that was kind of my, that's become my passion in a way is to help people to connect with what's possible in their bodies. That I tell them you have, your body has tremendous capacity for healing. And if you can tap into that, there's even in a small way, there's a, there's a lot that can be accomplished because many people kind of think, well, I'm too old or this has happened to me or whatever. They kind of give up. So, yeah. And especially if you've had an injury, yeah. right. And then it's like, okay, I'm just going to be like this and yeah, I'm stuck yeah. this way or I have, you know, this wrong with me. And yeah. So it's to help, you know, that's what I became more interested in kind of, I've always was interested in psychology, and I didn't know it had a name for metaphysical psychology. We're actually kind of interested in the same thing. <laughs> like how that, you know, I started practicing Buddhism when I was in my uh, uh, early 30s, again, quite a long time ago. <laughs> and it, uh, the, uh, the philosophy of having compassion for oneself and others. Mm -hmm. So understand what does that mean? That isn't something we kind of heard about very much right and so I, when all the um, books on um, emotional intelligence and resilience I, I read everything I could get my hands on to understand what's going on in there and then Brene Brown and you know Kristen Neff self-compassion the uh, uh, understanding that um, how you relate to yourself uh, has a powerful impact on your stress responses inside mm -hmm. understanding about stress how the uh, the cortisol and the adrenaline flowing, but what you can do to offset that. So it's kind right. of a beginning. It's just <laughs> like led me here. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, how do some people go through adverse situations, like almost without any kind of uh, symptoms or any long term symptoms? And then there's people that are like suffering from, you know, everything because of what's happened and I think a lot of it is is the offset like with what you said it's like what are you doing to balance that right mm -hmm. um, if you're just constantly in pain emotionally I think your body's going to be in pain emotionally mm -hmm. like because of that emotional pain does that make sense mm -hmm. am I getting it and what I would see sometimes the degree of disability didn't necessarily predict the degree of improvement. So uh, there's something else going on there. Some people who are more compromised did better in the end than those who are not. So there's sort of their spirit to right yeah, and uh, their feeling of whether it was hopeless or whether they could improve. Yeah. 
So what's the factor? What's the magic? Like, how do you get them to tap into that hopeful place? I learned to listen. Okay. Yeah. And to really listen and respect the person's experience. Mm -hmm. So rather than me telling them what they should, shouldn't be doing, it's kind of listening to where they're at and then helping them move from there. And, but, and also through listening, you and you recognize what a person understands about their body and how tuned in they are. Um, Gabor Matei, I love the phrase that he uses called uh, having compassionate curiosity. So having a compass- sense of compassionate curiosity to yourself creates a space for yourself to be inquisitive about where you're at without being um, judgmental. Mm-hmm. Right? To, so it's with self-compassion, in teaching self-compassion, what you learn is that people are very generous and kind towards others, but very harsh and hard on themselves. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So uh, I think his, his way of creating, a, is developing a sort of a trusted connection with yourself. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and how many of us just need to be heard too, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was saying this even when I would come for massage with Karen and how sometimes she would, she could see like I needed just, I, sometimes I needed just to talk, right? Mm-hmm. I could talk the whole hour, no problem. And then there was times where she really wanted me to be able to relax and su- would suggest we do guided meditation because she knows otherwise I'm just going to keep going because <laughs> I'm like always on. Yeah. And so you were, you really tapped into that right away with me is like and I think that's so important in if you're in the wellness industry that you pay attention to what's not being said and what Mm -hmm. does the client really need Mm -hmm. that's something that took me a while to learn but you know just asking the right questions being so present when you're with your clients Mm -hmm. so that you, you know you kind of intuitively know what they might need and a lot of times we need to go through cycles where we're receiving rather than giving giving, and even engaging in conversation and talking to your massage therapist or physiotherapist, you know, or, uh, you know, anyone that you're you're Reiki practitioner, whoever you're going to see, uh, even just engaging conversation, you're still giving, you're not in an ultimate state, receptive state where you're taking in new energies. So yeah, that's when I would try to throw headphones. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But that was amazing. You need to just start receiving more. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that's it. When you get used to doing things a certain way or being a certain way, then it is hard to, you know, get out of that kind of comfort area, right? But when I kind of gave into that and really, you know, listened to the guided meditation, I think it was you were able to even get, you know, deeper and really start to see some changes. Yeah. When your brainwave even goes into like alpha right. theta state instead of beta state, you know, right. where you're, you're just doing and that's where you heal is in those other brain states. Totally. So, and that's what's yeah. recently kind of led me, well, through Karen to, to myofascial release, mm-hmm. uh, the John Barnes myofascial release that looks at the whole body and that just resonates with me because I'm a whole person. I don't treat the symptom, I treat the person. And uh, and if one part of your body is affected, in all likelihood, the connecting part is also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we can ha- work with a person's back and neck and arm kind of all at the same time. Right. And it deals with the, you know that tuning into the person's body. And then emotions which might have been held for a long time often can be released as well. So it's a whole person treatment. So And I've heard that, that, yeah, uh, like I've heard people say that in yoga, right? Especially for women, we carry a lot of emotion in mm-hmm. our in our hips. Yeah. Isn't that right? And so sometimes you, you will, you feel like 
you want to have a good cry afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to when you think about that, that we can hold that type of emotion in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what the effects of it are yeah. it's uh, amazing what is, can be housed in the tissue and I can't even count how many times people have just you know cried on the table and I think that there's like a multi-dimensional release that happens when people are talking about like a lot of times it happens when they go way back when you know when they're talking about a uh, very very sharp pain in their history and as they're talking about it and sharing their story and while I'm massaging the like the area that they've been feeling the pain there's yeah like this dual release almost that happens and it usually ends with an emotional release too of some sort where they're just you know letting go and I, I that's where I feel so grateful that yeah, like you were talking about building relationships mm-hmm. and trust with these like with your these people that mm-hmm. come to see you because when they feel safe enough too, mm-hmm. that allows them to become a little bit more vulnerable and let go. And that's also when healing happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Also yeah. Under- yes. coming to a new understanding of pain and that pain um, is, it can be, it's like if you sense danger within yourself, then your fight and flight response is activated. So the um, adrenaline cortisol comes up and then that, that increases your sensitivity to pain. So Mm. part of the pain management, I was looking at discovering what are the things that people um, um, identify with in their own lives that make them feel unsafe, and then helping them to recognize what they can do about that. So and then that is an approach in chronic pain managing chronic pain so I think well we've come a long way yeah in, in recognizing that yeah know? and I think there's so many people still that don't see the connection right that they just feel the symptom and they're not connecting to the fact that a lot of times the pain is just deeper within yeah, them and there's so much wisdom and pain I feel like when people just you know pop pain pills instead of actually like you're talking about curiosity too and and exploring their pain oh you can find so much out about yourself mm-hmm. by looking into your pain and just you know almost bringing it on like following the clues to to what else is going on on a deeper level hmm. and I find that people coming they know they're in stress so I'm I one thing I'm uh, I've developed as a as a uh, approach for stress management stress or pain management that encompasses a number of different things um, but when they come and they and they're talking about their stress they they know that they're in stress but they don't know what they could do about it mm-hmm. and that even a small thing even a small change can make a big difference so uh and and some people, when you put your hands on them, it's like, oh, like the, I didn't know that was sore, and I didn't know this was sore, and I didn't know this was. Mm-hmm. You find that too? It's kind oh, of yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's everywhere. Yeah. Like, no. Oh, that was oh. me. It was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I came here for this neck problem, and uh, yeah, it's all over now, right? <laughs> okay. And didn't even know it. Yeah, tendency to kind of, and it's is about awareness. I think we're not. We're, we're already aware of externals and the, taking care of other people and about mm-hmm. our own self-awareness. Yeah. And so you might be feeling some discomfort related to something you did. Uh, um, you know, like, for example, someone came the other day and she'd made, done three moves. Well, of course, you're going to be in some discomfort if you've moved. It's very physical, but it's emotional to move. The, move. And um, and so she'd had some discomfort for a time, but and this is very common, doesn't matter whether it's to do with moving or whatever, that that 
you think, oh, it'll get better, or I'll be all right, or you kind of give yourself all these things to kind of make yourself feel better until it gets to the point where you can't move and you think, I better go get some help. Yeah. So <laughs> it's um, part of me thinks like, what is it that does it take to for us to pay attention sooner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. If there's yeah. a simple answer, but um, any any awareness that we can have of, and that's why I love that compassionate curiosity. Because if you can, if you notice something, rather than brushing it off, ask yourself, what am, what am I going through, or what yeah. what's happening for me right now, or where did what's, this come what's, from? Yeah, well, yeah, is this one? You know, just ask yourself. A, a, just be curious about it, mm-hmm. and then what's what do I need? And it might be a simple thing. Might be talking to someone or it might be yeah going to see someone to help you with whatever you're struggling with rather than putting it off and leaving it until it gets so painful pain's a great motivator but yeah it is. yeah but, but i think is. that is what the majority of us do we mm-hmm. wait until yeah. we can't handle it any mm-hmm. longer and yeah. we it's like that toothache you know yeah. it's like okay i can just deal i can just deal and because we're so busy Right, we're yeah, so consumed, and ourselves will be the last to get or the first to get bumped on. Our yeah, to-do that's list. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that well, first of all, before I even go into the next little thing here, I want to talk about. But uh, so, how did you two kind of connect and and you know you become part of Paradise of Reality yeah, through connection? So perfectly. So we were selling our our house, buying a house in the city, and so I chose this person off the internet based on kind of what I. I kind of just had a feeling that she would be a good person. So anyways, long story short, we got her name, Chantel. And so um, she came over to our home and then she saw uh, uh, next to our Buddhist uh, altar, there's a bell. And she said, what's that? And so I told her and she said, I'm interested in Buddhism. So then we became friends through that. And um, then she decided to move to Victoria. So she had a party and invited um, my husband and I to come. And so she said, oh, I want you to meet my longtime friend. She said, uh, Karen, she's a great massage therapist. You'll really like her. And so we met. And then we talked at night. And Karen says, oh, I never met a holistic physio before. <laughs> I was like, where did you find her, Chantel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then she said um, something that struck me. She said, I, uh, I often think I'd like to refer people to a physio, but I don't know any. So at the time, I was partnering with another um, an occupational therapist that I'd worked with at Seven Oaks Hospital. We were doing a self-compassion workshops and working in another center. And, um, and then she moved away. And so I, I like working with other people. I, I, get the ener- I get energy from people. I like right. working as part of a team. I like being part of something. I had left my job in the hospital because of family situation. And so I couldn't go back there or chose not to go back there. So I thought I was thinking about who can I who can I work with, and then I thought, hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to call Karen. So I phoned her, and we I came over here, and we just like talk, 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 talk. Yeah, <laughs> we kind of like minds, you know, similar kind of energy. So she and said, "Will you those wanna... people cross your paths at the yeah. perfect times?" She right? She said, "Do you want to oh, yeah. join our team?" And I said. Okay. <laughs> okay, why not? Yeah. Little do you know what you were signing up for. Now you're doing a podcast yeah. and apps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so well, that's so. I like. I love that connection. because I really yeah. do think it, it was. You know, those things are that they show you that. Okay, this is this is the way I'm supposed to go. I like. Why mm-hmm. is this person coming into my life at this time? I never dismiss that. I always think there's a reason why mm-hmm. I was meant to meet you, or mm-hmm. I was. You're gonna either turn me this way or you're going to come with me or you're going to do what have you yeah yeah, yeah and i think I because that. we both 
trusted Chantel, then we kind of trusted each other, right? Right, yeah. 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 So it's about connection. Is, yeah. yeah, connection's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's what we're all looking for, right? Yeah. That's what life's yeah. about. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It really is. I know we think we can do it alone, and we think we can deal with our stuff alone, mm-hmm. but really we can't. We can't. We're not meant to. Right. Totally believe that. So now this leads me to uh, what I find absolutely amazing is your Equalist system. And uh, this is something that's like a baby to you. (laughs) You've worked a long time. It's my third child. (laughs) Third child, yes. I keep forgetting you have two children now, too. (laughs) I've known you for that long. Yeah, I know. Just like someone hit fast forward on my life and all of a sudden, poof. (laughs) It it really does accelerate time, though. Oh, does it ever. Yeah, because you're not just thinking about you now. And I think that's what happens with a lot of women, especially, Uh and why we start to neglect ourselves because we are having to think about somebody else before us and you get so used to doing that but then eventually all of the stuff starts to catch up and and it's like I can't handle it anymore right but it's like we've got to try to be more preventive beforehand like if I had known what I know now Mm -hmm. you know I would be in a lot less uh, pain (laughs) <laughs> we're a work in progress we're, we're a work in progress yeah, yeah, absolutely we are so um, now egoless um, so the ego we know mostly that well a lot of people when they think about it they think about oh yeah me I'm like amazing and whatever but the ego is much much more than that yes. and I know you explain it the best way so say what it is <laughs> well the ego really just is our internal dialogue based on our sense of self And it's the part of our brain that judges experience. So everything we're going through day to day, our ego is our human side that's kind of taking in and interpreting life. Mm -hmm. And it's actually funny because how paradise of reality started is really, I guess, how egoless started when you were asking that question before. Um, Even the name paradise of reality really means egoless. <laughs> um, so what happened was, do you want the story? Yeah, you yeah. want the story. Okay. You know I the want story. the scoop. <laughs> um, so way back in my horse training days. You're uh, a horse trainer? Wait, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> yeah, no but, wonder what you know about pain. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm so strong. <laughs> um, yeah, way back, there, way back in those horse training days. Uh, when I that's when I was interested in fitness and nutrition and I was just becoming more curious about health in general I had a few friends that were suffering a lot with depression and back then I was quite ignorant on the subject you know like just be happy think mm-hmm. better thoughts you know and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would want to flick me for for saying that back then but um, I didn't know what I didn't know and um anyway so I just remember this one day I was walking I sent out a big trail ride of like 27 people or so and um and I'm looking at my clipboard I'm walking across the parking lot I had a million and ten things to do that day I had to train a bunch of horses nurse a bunch or um uh, take care of doctor a bunch of the horses and there was just all these lessons that I was teaching and anyway so I look at my clipboard and out of nowhere like a freight train hit me I looked up from my clipboard and the weirdest experience, I was never a spiritual person at all at this point. So I look up, it was like uh, the boundaries of myself were just gone in an instant. And I'm looking around and like everything was just so alive and I was just absolutely connected with everything. I, there was no I, there was no thoughts, there was no nothing. And it was 
the most incredible and stunning experience of my life up to that point. So I just remember being weirded out. It took me a little bit of time for thoughts to kind of start trickling back in and to come back to maybe even like five minutes or so. And like I had work to do, you know, so <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad that I was able to come to. Anyway, so I go, I do the rest of my day. And at the end of my shift, like still, I was just still in this like altered state of awareness and, and just blown away in this kind of awe towards life that I'd never seen life like that. It's like I'd never seen colors. It's like I didn't even realize I was living in black and white <laughs> until all of a sudden someone turned the color on, you know, and now I'm just experiencing like HD. And anyways, so uh, that night I closed the door to my car and I just burst out crying. And I was just like, what the hell just happened? You know, and uh, and so it started this whole journey for me. So I, I went to the bookstore and I just started like flipping through all these books. And I was like, you know, what would explain what uh, just happened to me, you know, and uh, I found this one book by Derek Sweet that was called You Don't Have to Die to Go to Heaven. And I was like, okay, that that title in itself seems close, you know. So I bought the book and it's talking about unity consciousness and, you know, waking up like to the uh, collective consciousness of everyone and how I is just an illusion and, and everything. And that's really what started my journey because as far as I was concerned, I had experienced the paradise of what reality really is. And all this time, my whole life, I didn't realize that I was living in this almost this lower vibrational state, this uh, illusion of, um, of uh, you're almost just you have these blinders on, you're confined in this me. And uh, so I really wanted to get back. Now that I, this really raised the bar <laughs> yeah. for me, I was like, hey, now I know what happiness is. I had no idea what happened. All this time I thought I was happy when I really didn't know what I was missing. And then after that happened, that's when I was like, okay, I've got to get back there. I need to live like that compared to how I'm used to living. And so that's when, like you were saying, diving into every book you could find yeah. and and just following the breadcrumbs, you know, to what felt closest to or in the right direction that you knew you needed to go. And my husband and I, we went on a trip to Thailand and I took a month off and I was like, OK, I'm going to apply everything that I've learned in this month that we're in Thailand. And I'm just going to it's not going to be about fun and travel, like even though we will be doing that. This is going to be like serious boot camp for my mind. And the whole trip, uh, every time I would think, I would just, you know, I would, I would just quiet myself. <laughs> I wouldn't even let uh, myself judge things, you know. So any, you know, sometimes you see someone beautiful and you're like, wow, they're so beautiful. I, that's a judgment, you know, like, uh, so I would cancel that judgment. I'd have to like alter. That's what I did the whole time. It was so much work. It was so not fun. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was ruining my vacation. And I remember I was on the boat and finally, I, like, we were going to Kopipi. And I remember just making the decision. I was like, maybe I should just stop this. Like, I'm not enjoying my trip, you know. And so finally, um, it was funny right before. That's It's always right before a breakthrough that we have all that resistance, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And there was all that resistance right before we, we landed on the island at Kopipi. And it washed over me and it, like this huge wave just almost like washing myself away happened again. And I had to put my sunglasses on because I was, again, it just brings out tears like you can't help it because <laughs> it's just like this intense, organic, raw feeling, emotion of just being alive and being one with everyone. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, yeah, I had to put my sunglasses on so my husband wouldn't worry. You know? <laughs> I didn't want him to ruin it for me and ask me any questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just wanted to take it all in. And I yeah. was just so thankful that, you know, I, I was able to cultivate that same experience. And, um, and the thing that is missing when I'm in that, you know, when you're in this absolute oneness, the thing that is missing is the ego. So when you're in your paradise of reality, the thing that's absent is the ego, right? So that's what I mean. The two go hand in hand. Oh my goodness, right? (laughs) Isn't that bizarre? Yeah, yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. I don't live at that beautiful state all the time. (laughs) Long stretch, especially since I had kids. (laughs) But But you can get there. I I can get, uh, you know, like that was the height. That was the climax. Those were two climax situations. But I definitely never went down. Being down in that other world is now unacceptable to me. Like, you know, I can't be there. There's too much suffering that you don't even realize you're you're experiencing, and uh, and and just going through uh, the the journey to work through your ego and kind of break it down and break through it, that just, just that journey alone teaches you so many tools day to day in life that you can use all the time. Uh, whenever you feel yourself being pulled back down or your blinders coming up, or you're being boxed in in your own head. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's so. learning to silence that loudness, all that chatter, yeah. right? And then because they're the other areas of our brain are, are are active. I mean, it's not like they're inactive ever. It's just that we can't hear them because of how loud the ego part of it is. Is that exactly. correct? Yeah, it just pollutes our experience with thoughts. Right. And we think our way through life instead of living our way through life and so those other like I know that there's the other areas like the uh your creativity and your probably yeah your imagination and Mm -hmm. and those other areas where we just don't tap into often enough uh what else is back there that uh, that I need to (laughs) dig into like it really intrigues me because I mean, I think so many people can say that, oh, yeah, I can't meditate because I can't quiet my brain. No one can. So the, right. No. Yeah. So the idea is not to quiet it. It's no. just to be. It's an ongoing process. Right. Just, shh, just and shh, it, shh. it'll talk again and correcting it. It's not about quieting it. It's about correcting it. Okay. So every time you catch yourself thinking, especially a negative thought or an unproductive thought or a judgmental thought, you know, just being able to stop it, catch it, stop it in its tracks, you know, and if you've all of a sudden, you know, gone hours thinking about it and then you catch yourself, the fact that you caught yourself, you know, right there, you're putting a stop on your ego. Mm -hmm. It's interrupting the flow of the ego mind. Actually, what they know about brain plasticity, neuroplasticity, is that it's the change of the thought that changes your brain. So Hmm. it's like the negative thought might be the one that's the most, like the rut is deep because you've been doing it for a long time. (laughs) But every time you catch yourself and then change it to a new way of new thought, new way of thinking, it's not the new thought itself, it's the change that's where the brain changes. Right. I just find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. That, so yeah. we already have within us all this power and potential. It's interesting what you were talking about because in Buddhism they talk about a lesser self and a greater self. Okay. So, you know, the, the lesser self is kind of what you're talking about, right? And the greater self is recognizing that you are the universe, mm-hmm. that the life of everything is within you and that you have unlimited wisdom and courage and compassion within that you can draw on. And uh, so our practices. Yeah. And so those are those areas that we are not able to tap into when our ego is like just 
taken over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I, I get that about the whole cognitive thinking, uh, because if you are being told something over and over again, you, you do start to believe that. So our minds yeah. are, are, are really good about training that mm-hmm. way, just as if I was to put the a statement in front of me that I read every single day or a vision board mm-hmm. that I was to see every day, that it would start to slowly, and it does, it takes time, you have mm-hmm. to put it to practice. Um, but it starts to really happen, you all of a sudden start to when they say manifest, it's really about just being more aware and mm-hmm. and being able to see those things that were always really there, right? But you just were not open to receiving them or open to seeing them mm-hmm. um, because it the, you just weren't the capacity was not there, right? Mm. And we block ourselves in. We almost right. close ourselves off to receiving it too. We get con- we constrict, and especially the more we live in the illusion of self, and the more we get you know locked in ourself and locked in our pains or locked in whatever, the more we're we're severing ourselves from just our, the lifeblood. Yeah, <laughs> uh, where we heal. It's so fascinating. Like right now, my 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 head is just feeling lighter and thinking because it, it brings <laughs> so much hope. Like when you talk yeah. about that hope, hope, and I think it's like, oh yeah, you. You know what? I, I want to tap more into that. I want to be more conscious about that because I, I don't think we're always so consciously living, right? We go through the day to day. We have to do our stuff. But to take a moment and begin a practice because it is a practice I think you'd have to do like, you know, brushing your teeth every day. It's a practice of um, saying shush, <laughs> yeah, saying shush. I want to think about this or I want to, you know, change that and because we are so programmed by uh you know the examples we've seen or the the things we've seen on tv or the books we've read or what Mm -hmm. have you to to get to that kind of clean place where like that just fascinates me like I'd love to get there like what do I really want to think and feel about this or to get to that euphoria type uh, of a place would be amazing (laughs) it's a lot of work too right and that's just it like and some days we just don't feel like doing it (laughs) yeah but those are the days we take like you know steps back and it's like as long as you're still taking you know three steps forward two steps back you're still going in the right direction yeah it doesn't have to be huge and what i learned about hope i think that a hope is not like of a passive wish for something but i think hope is the action so when you take action then you have hope Mm. true that's the other way around yeah and what i would see with people is if i could somehow encourage them to take a small step in whatever they were struggling with and then they could see a change or see a result or feel differently that gave them hope true so it's how to kind of inspire hope in ourselves and then in others as well. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's baby steps. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's baby steps. And we're just made kind up of powerless otherwise. Yeah. You, know, you, can get, you can get stuck kind of not ever taking action or believing that it's not going to help or right. you know, whatever. Yeah. And it is so easy. When we're, when we're doing life, I mean, there's there's so much that is going to uh to slow us down, to stop us, to send us backwards, to uh, make us want to give up on on different things. Mm-hmm. And if when you have been in a practice, I think it's easier to get through those uh, those things because oh, you have something sure. to fall back on, mm-hmm. right? You have some some armor, some tools mm-hmm, exactly. um, to help you with it. So now with doing the Eagle S uh, system, so you're kind of at a place now where... We're close to 
the hard launch, right? Yeah. Now we've soft launched it, so anyone can download the app for free. Um, and, and the, the app is called Ego Dash Less. Yeah, E G O Dash L E S S. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and like there's a lot more in the works. Actually, Maureen will be joining us. You'll see that there's treks. Uh, it's all about journeying, right? So the whole theme of it is exploring your inner world, right? Yeah. So there's islands and everything. It's really fun. It's beautiful. Oh, I know. Like, I mean, yeah. I've gone through it and I've actually showed it to other people. And, you know, for people, especially like even younger, like kids who I think really could, they could kind of identify because it is kind of fun. And, and we like, need yeah. to tap and into more of our I inner child to be too. fun and playful because there's yes. a lot of dry like stuff out there, <laughs> except uh, caution, there are, it's not censored. Some of the stories do have swearing. So it's, you know, you yeah. do have to, there's got to be a little bit of parental guidance on, yeah. on it. But a lot of the meditations are, you know, perfect for anyone. So I think as long as, <laughs> you know, it was a mom listening to it before they handed yeah. it to their kid. Yeah. Because uh, it's very much just, you know, our whole, even though this is what you'll see on the app right now is just the absolute uh, bare bones of the foundation. Like the whole app is going to be like, there's a lot of directions that we're moving in and, um, and we're building all these other tracks. We will be building these other tracks that are like micro learning journeys. So uh, based like right now there's a social anxiety one. that's like a five day or five step uh, track, but there's um, a whole bunch of other ones that will be, will be coming over the next year. And um, yeah, and so with the app, like we really, like ego isn't everything we do. So uh, we hope to even have, I know Chantal even talked about doing egoless real estate. <laughs> I, was <laughs> to, I was trying to, uh, <laughs> like your ego's involved in, in real estate. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I told her one day, one day I'm going to get her to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So, and is the egoless system really just going to be the online thing or is there going to be... Well, like, there's a website too that there's yeah. blogs on. Uh, the website is ego-less.me and our Paradise of Reality website is paradiseofreality.com, which we should be writing more blogs than we are on that. But um, yeah, no, there we hope on building like a whole uh, community of different like, like-minded like collaborations and uh, and really getting it out there and, and kind of having our own uh, egoless media stream so, oh that's beautiful yeah yeah so and have fun with it and just be be real and yeah and I think a lot of the things that you know as you experience in life and I know one of the things like it was even about you know when you had your when you had your children right those there was experiences within that that oh, have, have helped you, you stop learning yeah <laughs> yeah with the sleep deprivation the sleep. yeah like my little my big one is three years old now and um, he was an awful sleeper. Yeah, like he didn't sleep for more than two hours uh, for the first year of his life. And, you know, the, I was I was a nervous parent for sure. I was an insecure parent. I didn't know what I was doing at all. And the nurses, you know, saying don't co-sleep scared the crap out of me. So I didn't. And I think that that's way harder these days. I think if people just co-sleep, I think it would save so many moms nervous breakdowns. And um, yeah, so anyway, and like with him being up all night and he was very colicky, crying all night and everything too. So uh, I developed severe postpartum insomnia after he finally started sleeping through the night. I couldn't sleep. And it, wow, all my tools didn't help me then. Like I was beyond help. And, and now I realize again, it was <laughs> my my ego had uh, been putting everything else in life off. I was like, okay, when I start sleeping again, then I'll hang out with my friends. When I start mm, sleeping, then I'll start working on my passion project. So I lost myself, right? When you lose yourself, you lose your strength. And uh, you just, you know, you start just buzzing around. And um, so any, so after I finally 
figured that out and uh, took me probably about a year of healing to just re program my brain and my body and connect the two <laughs> so that they weren't at war with each other. And I also had to change my my ego's attitude towards sleep. Um, you know, I used to think I needed it, you know, and then I started to believe like, you know what, maybe sometimes I need meditation more than I need sleep. So tonight, if I don't sleep, I'm just going to meditate all night. And that's what my body needs. I had to start trusting my body more. And, uh, you know, so I would spend nights and nights and nights just meditating. So it actually was really boosting up my practice because <laughs> what mom has time to meditate no kidding. During, during the day with a new with a little toddler running around. And uh, yeah, and just that switch, that change of perception where you don't need to sleep. You just trusting your body if it's if it needs to sleep, it will. Uh, that changed everything. And now pff, I fall asleep by the time my head hits the pillow. And uh, amazing. Yeah. So the sleep island on the app is a compilation of everything that I did that helped me get over my own uh, postpartum mm -hmm. insomnia. And it's a nine plus hour meditation. And every hour is a different theme that I would do. <laughs> and, and there's a talk on it, too, about what I had to do to adjust my attitude, because you can't mm -hmm. force yourself to sleep. Yeah. But you Fighting can... with yourself. Right, yeah. right. Then you're yeah. pumping a drum yeah exactly and your yeah. mind's involved and yeah. but you can force yourself to rest yeah. so that's what I would do I wouldn't even use the word sleep I'm not going to go <laughs> to the bed to sleep I'm going yeah. to go rest yeah yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. I find that with people who are in pain or in stress or that sleep is often a, a co-problem along with it and how they're fighting then themselves to mm -hmm. sleep so some of the approaches that I use for physical relaxation we use for helping to sleep as well and that's it's a body awareness it's called progressive muscle relaxation. Mm -hmm. So you use a contract, relax. So mm -hmm. a person recognizes that they're holding themselves tense and then letting go. So it's becoming aware of when you're holding, when you're letting go. But it's something you can do when you can't sleep. And, and again, instead of like fighting with, uh, I got to sleep, I got to sleep, to say, okay, I'm going to practice this right now. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what happens is then your body and your mind are let go and then you do go to sleep. I actually remember doing something like that with one of my uh, one of my sons that suffered from anxiety when he was really really young, and it was called uh, spaghetti toes, mm. and it start the same thing because you feel so out of control when you're suffering from anxiety. You're you're yeah. very disconnected from your body, and you um if you if you start to get them to work at their toes, and by the time so it's it is it's like okay you know wiggle your toes really like lots now tell them stop. Right. And realizing, okay, like you, you have that power, mm -hmm. you have that power to make them stop. And uh, it was pretty interesting how it would work, but it, it and it just got them to focus yeah. or got him to focus on, um, you know, on his body and, and coming back to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm in control here. And mm -hmm. yeah. so even when they were really, really little like that, you know, cause I think he was like five or what have you. So yeah, it was, uh, um, Dr. Stan Morose was, was somebody that was doing this with little kids that suffered from anxiety, like just being so anxious. So I can see if it would work with little kids like that, mm. how it can work. Cause we even as adults, have a better understanding of, okay, yes, if I do this, right, if I tighten uh -huh. this up and release it. And we know what that's like. As soon as you tighten and release, it's like, oh, there's some relaxation there. Mm -hmm. and, and people don't that realize control. that they're holding, they're going around under stress 
at holding themselves, they don't realize they're holding until mm-hmm. you learn the difference between what it feels like to be holding and what it feels like to be. And even same with thoughts. We don't realize a lot of times when we're not aware of our mind, we don't realize what thoughts we're even allowing in our head. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like you have to learn sometimes to like board up the door <laughs> that lets that trail of thought in, you know, and um, yeah, like even with the, like the, because with the anxiety you're talking about with your son, like I developed like really bad sleep anxiety and I was never someone who really had much anxiety in my life. And um, after the sleep anxiety, I just remember going into the bedroom and it's like, oh no, here we go again. You know, I'm not going to sleep tonight. Yeah. Yeah, And it's just like, you don't, you know, you have to really turn the light on in your head and realize, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. As soon as those, that flood of thought or, you know, with your son just being anxious, as soon as those anxious thoughts start coming in, you have to board up that door and just not allow them and like you were saying too about changing their neural pathways right just really just deflecting your attention is so amazing and well even with the the PMR the progressive muscle relaxation you're just consciously uh contracting your muscles on purpose just so you can let them go you know that's just a form of control too right Mm -hmm. and and then it's you dictating and you're kind of deflecting your own body's uh impulses right Mm -hmm. What I was going to say about the brain plasticity is that the more often you do it, like and even if it's you know over time, like I'm going to get it all right off right off the bat, is that then it's easier to go there. So after a mm-hmm. while, it doesn't take so much conscious, or you, right away you can catch, you can go there. It without, becomes your default. It becomes yeah. your default. Yeah. 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 And I, when you were talking about your uh, your son, I I now there's this emphasis on breathing and breath. Well, I've always kind of known that as a physiotherapist because when people are in pain or when they're struggling, they become very tight, right? And so you're holding on. So breath was a is a way to release that, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, my mom, and this was, you know, um, she, I don't know where she learned this. Maybe it was something that was she learned at the time. But I realized later that she taught me relaxation because she would have me do deep breathing and um, and instead of a contract relax like to be like a rag doll so it go through my whole body head to toe would be like a and and just kind of let your body go so be like a doll and then interspersed with deep breathing <laughs> to get me to go to sleep but thinking, and those are both uh, <laughs> tracks on part of that <laughs> full <laughs> night meditation <laughs> there's really? one put your whole body to sleep and yeah. <laughs> put your so whole body I always appreciated that she did that because I'm I'm really good at doing <laughs> no kidding no kidding <laughs> Wow. And and isn't that interesting how that obviously had such a deep impression on you that it, you know, whether you were, I don't know if you always wanted to be doing what you're doing right now, had you always thought it, but it was obviously the seeds were planted yeah, in yes, there, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, you that, you yeah, learned that. it somewhere. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I really like that. Um, so what else have you got going on here? What else should we tell everybody about? Well, at Paradise, yeah, like Maureen is, she started her stress management program, which is amazing. Uh, where everybody she... deals with stress. Yeah. 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 So it combines yeah. the myofascial release, the body awareness, progressive mu- muscle relaxation, breathing, um, uh, the, um, and your yeah, uh, physiotherapy yeah, and, and, the, all, and yeah. then exercise if it's appropriate because oftentimes there's areas of weakness or limitation of movement or yeah, oh, yeah um, and people hold their stress they don't know that's connected um a tmj is mm-hmm. often a holding on or something um uh, neck shoulders of course um can be 
it can be anywhere. It can be in your gut, you know, in your back, you know, in your back. And you talked earlier about how much, as women, we hold in our pelvis. I just did a myofascial pelvis course in Toronto, and they talked a lot about what's released when you release the uh, the muscles in the area of the pelvis. Because so much is contained within that space, they said, talked about it as a basin. You know, I think the basin holding hold it holds so much. Yeah, and we don't we don't connect that. We just mm-hmm. don't we don't imagine. I, I think we take our bodies for granted. Oh, no, yeah. yes. we we really do. We don't have a a, a good enough appreciation uh, and respect for what they have to do on it. You know every little part of it it's it's this machine that is mm-hmm. needs to be really cared for yeah. and uh i can i never ever thought about how emotion can get trapped like that like yeah. it's really hard to even visualize how the two are connected but obviously they are right right? Mm -hmm. because when you have that when you're scared you feel it in your stomach right and your body reacts to it so obviously there it makes sense it does make sense but we don't automatically go there Mm -hmm. and and see how the two are connected so paradise of reality is really mind body soul isn't it mm-hmm. yeah and we and we try to you know we definitely are very open and we don't uh you know we have clients of all different types of beliefs and everything like that so nothing that like even in the classes that we have we we keep it quite simple as far as terminology goes mm-hmm. yeah so uh but yeah so, so maureen has her uh, stress management program uh we have well meditation classes we're talking about doing a tea time too which is just like an open house for people that just want to talk um where we could share resources and stuff and it would just be free for anyone that wants to just drop in and um just kind of you know if they just want someone to listen we love listening you know and that's oh that's so (laughs) wonderful yeah and it would be nice to not feel on the clock especially when I've got I'm usually on the run you know to get the little ones that you know it would be just nice to be able to totally be fully present for people that just need someone to listen so uh yeah we're thinking about starting that I think May 1st we're hoping to do the first one we'll have that up on the website I love that honestly I really do because there's so many people that just want to be heard just want to be seen and 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 then share to connect yeah and mm-hmm. share your experiences and just like okay well you know this really helped and yeah this type of meditation actually can help with migraines you know and like you know just kind Sharing of different holistic yeah therapies, yeah yeah and or different approaches and um and, and then, then the self-compassion workshops we kind of have done them just one last spring oh you'll be doing another fall. one probably soon, we're right? going to do another one this spring and that's been very informative kind of for me too because just learning how much how hard people are on themselves mm-hmm. and and you, you think you're the only one who's thinking that way but during the you know at, at the beginning we usually do it in two parts so at the beginning people are a little hesitant to kind of say too much we do sort of self-reflective exercises and and then gradually people are co- more comfortable sharing what's going on for them and then they realize I think you're thinking that too I mm-hmm. thought I was the only one that was thinking that and you're thinking that too and it's mm-hmm. like you realize that everybody's being equally hard on themselves and you're not alone yeah right. and then the second yeah. week they're like they're all f- best friends <laughs> uh, <laughs> because yeah. they've shared something that and allowed themselves to open up and be kind of share what's going on for them and then they feel closer and not less you know um, more that they that there is something that they can do mm-hmm. so um, um, yeah it's a it's been an interesting and and the, because now they also understand from the neuroscience that emotional neuroscience that how you uh, talk to yourself has a can have 
bring out your um, fight and flight responses, or it can bring out the uh, mammalian caregiving system has the oxytocin and endorphins that can be released through the things that we normally would do for each other. So, and that that when you turn that system on, it shuts off the fight and flight. So it's a really direct way of dealing with stressful responses. So for example, if you're going through something difficult, what do I do? I say to you, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You're only human. You know, and I put my hand on your arm or your shoulder and I talk to you in a really kind way, right? Mm-hmm. So it's to, to, to do, and that calms your system, mm-hmm. right? Calms those stress responses. So, but what do we do to ourselves? Oh, you're so stupid. Oh, you made mm-hmm. that mistake again, you know? <laughs> so instead, but you can respond to yourself in that way. You can even using touch. Mm-hmm. We always think about how you touch ourselves, but you know you can put your hand over your heart or touch your face. Or often when we hold ourselves this way, it's like giving yourself a hug. You know, putting your arms around yourself and talking to yourself in that way. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and that brings a different response in your physiology. So that's what's always intrigued me is what I want to understand what's going on. Like mm-hmm. I like to know. You know, how is this happening and why is it happening? And now they're able to look at the body in new ways, ways that they've never understood before. And so all that I've seen over the years is now being explained. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, even with yeah. the meridian system that they developed how many centuries yeah. ago, now science has proven that, you know, where the meridians are because the electromagnetic field is different there yeah. and right in this where the trigger points all are. So it's just amazing how ancient wisdom is now being validated yeah. right. by modern science. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But isn't that how it works, right? Right. Unfortunately, even though instinctively we even probably know so much more than we allow ourselves to Mm -hmm. um and i think that that was one of the things that you even said like what is your body saying to you right Mm -hmm. you we need to listen we need to tune in and build a relationship with ourselves that's right it's about how you relate to yourself yeah yeah that's that's huge and awareness Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and and in turn i think you know how we are relating to ourselves will also you know kind of uh be how we relate to other people Mm-hmm. And vice versa, yeah. right? They always say that our outer world reflects our inner world. Oh, that's right? a good yeah, way so. of saying it. Yeah, I like yeah. it. The outer world reflects the inner yeah. world. So you know if you're having a lot of conflict on the outside or if you see people with road rage that are just like, you know, ready to rip anyone's head off, you know that there's a lot of misunderstanding going on within themselves. Too. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that I, I like how you word it too. It always sounds like so. It's so compassionate, even the way that, that when you're explaining it like that, there's a lot of misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like you got a lot of issues going on. <laughs> hijacked by their emotions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's beautiful. It really is. And I know that there was a reason I was supposed to connect with you too. Oh, and, and I've always felt so connected with you. Yeah. How did, how did yeah, the two yeah. of you meet each other? Oh, one of my clients told, referred yeah. you to me. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and we've been off the grid. Like we still don't have signage, which we will have signage now. I was waiting for uh, to find the right massage therapist, which we did now. So but there's another deep tissue massage therapist. Yeah, because here. you That's can only great. do so much. Yeah, yeah. So now we'll be putting up signage, and I just got I have to get that ball rolling. And then we also have Carol here who does oh the energy um, work. Oh, Carol's like next level. Yeah, uh, Reiki chakra healing, and I just had a session with her. Uh, last week and it's just mind-blowing kind of especially if you have a bit of a meditative practice and then you know she just brings everything out inside of you and every session with her is so different and so healing and 
and uh, she always knows exactly what I need anyway. And as yeah. far as any client I've talked to, they, they Carol is very, very. Uh, We've also done a couple of sacred. spa days, which have been really, really. Yeah, the inner well being spa yeah, days. Yeah. yeah, that's been going really well. well I'm and coming so to that it's, um, yeah, inner well being spa day. Mm-hmm. So mm. it's three hours, and people, three people come, and then they rotate through the three rooms. <laughs> um, so uh, one is a, a relaxation massage. So it's head. Head, hands, feet. And it's tension and release tension sort of release. thing, yeah. yeah. Okay. Not by a massage therapist. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And then with Carol, Reiki, and she does some hand reflexology, hand reflexology too. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they come to me for the inner well-being, they just open up. Oh, yeah. Whatever's, yeah, it's it's just, I'm ready to receive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Maureen's just amazing at kind of showing people the answers they already know, you know, mm-hmm. and like you say, empowering people. Like she, she seems like everyone, you know, we, we, a lot of times we just don't even realize how powerful we are or what direction mm-hmm. we need to go. And as soon as you just have somebody kind of light that flame for you, all of a sudden you're just like lit up and you know exactly where you're going. And it, it's been amazing to hear the feedback, even just from Marine sessions about how people have felt like that after, after an hour, yeah. <laughs> just knowing, okay, now I've got myself kind of figured out. I know which route I'm on and I feel charged up for to go this way i had some training in uh, motivational interviewing which is a way of approaching to helping people to discover their own motivation for change because in 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 healthcare, you know know, people are trying to change other people but you can't change other people you know Mm -hmm. you just help them to discover what they need so they can make the changes themselves yeah the answers are inside the answer's already there and trusting that you have already the wisdom that you and the courage and having people to understand what courage is it's Mm -hmm. just to go out of your comfort zone (laughs) yeah yeah but that's where it happens that's where the change growth is yeah yeah Yeah. and that they have wisdom from their accumulated experience so they already know it's just helping them to believe in themselves Mm -hmm. right beautiful Mm -hmm. well I love what you're doing and I love to like I love how you've grown since I've even known you and I just even like your vision right from the very beginning without probably you even knowing where it was going to grow to. But obviously it was gifted to you, right? That that moment was your gift to 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 help it on its way. Yeah. yeah. And to come into this. So I'm uh, I'm so happy for you. Thanks. And we'll right back. It's amazing (laughs) to see how far your everything has grown with Generation Green and this podcast. It was interesting for me to hear from Karen how Paradise of Reality came into being. And then what resonates with me is that for for the name Paradise of Reality is slightly different. It's like through your difficult, through the difficulties you have, That's what gives value and significance to your life. Mm-hmm. So it's, your it's yeah, through your reality, you can realize a paradise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, I think, a, a perfect way to, to end. Through your reality, you can discover a paradise. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, well, thank you, ladies, so much. And so now I just want to remind people how they can find you and uh, how they can start like I, I'm already booking, okay? Like honestly, especially this inner well-being spa day. Yeah, we have to set another date. Oh yeah, you have to set a date. Yeah. And so, just going to your website—is that how they are going to be able yeah, to? Yeah, going to paradiseofreality.com. Is, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and as far as the ego goes, just the the ego dashless uh, download on uh, iPhone or uh, um, your Android. So it's okay, all, and so I'll free. make sure I yeah. put those on the website for when we post this episode, so that okay. people can uh, find. Oh, and we wanted to do. 
donate too. So I have to just uh, get those gift certificates to you. Ah, okay. So. <laughs> so we'll make sure we do a little draw then when we uh, on our Instagram for sure, our Facebook. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having us, Sherry. This was fun. Yeah, yeah this was thank good. You. It was yeah, great thank to meet you, you Maureen, too. Okay, until next time, everybody, uh, keep growing and uh, keep blooming.